As we prepare our hearts and minds for the word of God, please join me now in our prayer of illumination. You may find the words on the front screens. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. I'm reading from New Revised Standard Version. Listen now for the word of God. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we conclude our worship series, Why Church? Through the series, we have explored the purpose and the mission of the church. In the past four Sundays, we talked about who God is, who we are, what we are called to do, what the church is. It is a great way to start a new year sharing our fundamental Christian beliefs and theology. Today's scripture known as love your enemy is very familiar to me because I have heard and read it so many times since I was young. Interestingly, the longer I live, the harder I find it is to understand the true meaning of the scripture. 
More exactly, it is even harder to practice it and apply it to real life. We all know that having the knowledge of something is very different from actually living with it. This scripture is one of many like that. I've never met anyone who chose this scripture as their favorite in the Bible. Undoubtedly, there is a reason for that. Some of you are older than me, which means you have had more worldly temptations to face in your life. I cannot imagine what my life would be like without my faith and becoming and serving as a pastor. To be honest, pastoral roles and responsibilities shield me from worldly temptations and greatly help me stay on the right path as a Christian despite life challenges and the struggles. I want to ask you, my friends in Christ, how is your life? How is your soul in this challenging life? John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, opened all small group meetings with this question, how is it with your soul? The question is much deeper than how are you? How is it with your soul? I hope your soul is well today in this sacred place, the house of God, or your house if you're watching and worshiping with us online, where the Holy Spirit dwells. Today's scripture is a part of Jesus' teachings on the nature and responsibilities of discipleship. The big message that Jesus shares here is love your enemies. Jesus saying love your enemies does not make sense, of, make sense to us, right? It doesn't make sense to us. Love your enemies. The same lesson is told repeatedly with different variations in the whole section of the 12 verses. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. The do not judge part is said as do not condemn and forgive. There are two difficulties to understanding the scripture. First, irony, and second, impossibility. Let's talk about the first issue of irony. One of the reasons the disciples could be confused when they heard love your enemies is because of Exodus 21, 23 through 25, which says, if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, strife for strife. That is a part of the law that the Israelites followed throughout history. And that law is, sounds very familiar to us. Therefore, when Jesus said, love your enemies, the disciples must have been so confused they probably wondered about what Jesus truly meant, or they might have even doubted what they just heard from Jesus. Jesus saw the disciples 
confusion and questions. So he rephrased it repeatedly and kindly gave the disciples different examples to help them better understand what he truly meant. The law in Exodus might sound like revenge, but it is about human dignity. It is not about the human response to a consequence, but it is about the human attitude to a possible cause. It teaches how to treat each other as God's people and the true law they must follow. The true meaning behind the written and passed down law is do not hurt others and treat others as you want to be treated. Therefore, love your enemies does not contradict the ancient law. Instead, both are teaching an identical lesson. There is no irony between the law and Jesus' teaching. In Apostle Paul's letter to Romans, he said, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. In verse 10, he also said, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is why God sent Jesus to the world. Love is why Jesus emptied himself and took on the nature of a servant instead of the equal nature of God. Love is why Jesus gave up his own life and went through the agony on the cross. Love is what Jesus asked his disciples to do, even love their enemies. And love is what we are called to do. Love is a center and foundation of our Christian beliefs and life. Our human mind and understanding naturally refuse to love our enemies who have harmed and hurt our loved ones and us. However, Jesus sent his disciples out to do something resistible and undesirable because that is God's dream. God's kingdom on earth, loving neighbors, even enemies, and inviting and embracing all God's people without judgment. Earlier I said there are two problems with understanding this scripture, love your enemies. We found out that there is no irony between the law and Jesus' teaching. What about the issue of impossibility? I know loving enemies seems impossible. If it is possible to love them, we would not call them enemies. There are reasons that they became enemies, right? Jesus asked his disciples and us to do something impossible. Why? Some of you might question, can we give up on trying this? Why should we even try something that seems impossible? Even if something seems like an impossibility, this does not mean that we should not try. 
Jesus tells us and teaches us discipleship of even though. Even though it is not possible, even though it is painful, even though it is not delightful, Jesus asked his disciples to love their enemies. And today, he again asked us to love our enemies. The good news is that God works through our attempts to love our enemies. God opens our hearts, empowers us, and gives us enough power and strength to fulfill this impossible task. In today's scripture, loving your enemies includes forgive, and you will be forgiven. God's love is pre-existent before our love. Even before our confession, God's forgiveness of our sins and wrongdoings became available for us. Let us read this scripture again. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgiven by whom? This is not about being forgiven by enemies. This is about God's forgiveness that frees us from the chain of sins and leads us to forgive others eventually as we are freely redeemed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. We remember that Jesus taught his disciples to pray like this, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. A couple of years ago, I read a book written by a Korean Buddhist monk. In part, he was talking about forgiveness. He asked readers to forgive others for themselves, not for those who hurt and harmed them. He also said, heart hating and cursing someone hurts one's own heart, not the other person. And that is so true. With hatred in our hearts, our souls cannot be well. Let's think about John Wesley's question again. How is it with your soul? Is your soul well today? Let us admit that when we have enemies, our souls cannot be well. Jesus saying love our enemies is not only about loving enemies, but about not having enemies. And I believe not having enemies begins with forgiveness. Again, I tell you that Jesus teaches us today discipleship of even though. We Christians talk about forgiveness as much as we talk about love because forgiveness is a part of love. Forgiveness proves the fulfillment of God's promise through the Messiah. Forgiveness is a part of the great thanksgiving as we share Holy Communion. It is also part of the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed, the historical affirmation of faith. It is also the center of our Christian belief that we are forgiven and redeemed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
our Christian faith cannot be separated from forgiveness. Through each one of us, God wants to reveal God's forgiving love in the world, just as God did through Jesus, and Jesus did through his life, death, and resurrection. Christ-like life contains this love, forgiving and loving even our enemies. Even though irony and impossibility hinder us from following Jesus' teaching, even though our wounds in our hearts and spirit are not fully healed, even though we are weak and sinful, God invites us to participate in God's dream, full of love and without hatred in God's kingdom. 2 John 1-6 says, This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard it from the beginning. You must walk in it. Until Jesus' second coming, God's dream will not be fully accomplished on earth. As we live in between times, Jesus' first and second coming, Jesus calls us and sends us out to the world to be his ambassadors. We join in God's dream to reveal God's love in the world. We, as a church, can do greater things to share and show God's dream together. That's why we need church. The good news is that we are already part of the church of God. So, there are no more worries to love our enemies. Even though even though, even though God calls us to be part of God's amazing dream to share God's love with all God's children on earth. Let us believe and join in God's great dream. Let us fulfill God's dream here at St. Stephen's and through St. Stephen's that is God's church, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.